Welcome to On Air with Legacy Theatre, where you can take theatre with you wherever you go. Brought to you by LegacyTheatreCT.org. I am here with a very special guest. His name is Matt Newton. He's a successful TV and film actor and an award-winning filmmaker, a best-selling author, and a celebrity acting coach. Um, he's the founder of the acclaimed MN Acting Studio in New York City and Connecticut. And his coaching clients are an impressive list, including Tony winners, Emmy Award winners, Gold Globe nominees, Broadway stars, as well as known comedians and musicians. Um, he also works with well-known comedians, musicians, actors from film, TV, and Broadway. As an onset coach, he has worked on When They See Us, Blue Bloods, Jessica Jones, The Affair, and Orange is the New Black. As a filmmaker, Matt has directed Hide Seek, which was nominated for Best Screenplay, um, for Vacation Rental, which was the winner of uh, Best Director, for Pretty People, Inc., and for Sins of the Sun, which was nominated for Best Film. He's the writer of two popular acting books. One is called 10 Steps to Breaking into Acting, and the second is The No BS Guide to the Acting Biz, which was listed in Forbes as one of the top five must-read books of today's uncertain market. <laughs> um, as a former actor, he has guest starred on dozens of shows and appeared on many films, some of which include, you ready for this list? Gilmore Girls, Criminal Minds, Drake and Josh Go Hollywood, Royal Pains, The Americans, As the World Turns, Guiding Light, Strangers with Candy, Van Wilder, Dragnet, Miracles, Jag, Judging Amy, Family Law, Men Who Stare at Goats, and countless commercials, theater, and voiceovers. He graduated from Vassar College, and we are so pleased to have with us today, Matt Newton. Hi, Matt. Hi guys, how are you? Good, thank you for doing this. So thank we, you for having me. We see that you're in the MN Acting Studio. Um, yeah, where yeah. is this location that you're at? I know you've got a couple studios. Yeah, so this is the Connecticut location. So Darien, Connecticut. And uh, my other one's in New York City, right in Midtown. And how are you guys doing with the pandemic? How's it, I'm imagining there's a lot of flexibility going on as most of us are. Yeah, so we're actually um, completely remote right now. We're doing 25 on-camera classes remotely with my six different teachers, including myself, and doing about 50 private coachings a week, all over Zoom. Now the on-camera classes, that's handy for these times. Um, are you finding that there's much modification or is it, is it pretty similar to your in-person classes? Very similar. And um, what is is different is just you're not sort of having these side conversations, you know, uh, before and after class and chatting each other up between scenes. So, you know, it's very much about the frame of the computer, the camera and learning how to act within that frame, which is no different than anything we're doing on any TV show or anything we're doing in the studio. So it's actually very effective and helpful. Oh, that's good. That's great. So take yeah. us back to the beginning. What got you into this crazy business and, and where did you get your start? I grew up at, uh, in Guilford, Connecticut. Uh, my mom's still there. My sister and I both, um, she's a, a pretty successful actor and out, out in LA. We were a year um, next to each other in school. And so in Guilford High School, we started kind of tapping into uh, doing theater there. And that's when I started doing community theater which is what I did at Amarante's Dinner Theater, which is where I met Stephanie Stiefel, where we did Sound of Music in the round in the dinner theater, and I played Friedrich, and it was awesome. And that got me really excited, because that was my first professional paid 
gig and I would have been probably 15. So uh, that got me going. I started to feel like I wanted to do this on a bigger level. I live in Guilford, um, Stephanie lured oh. this area. And so I live in oh, good. too. So that's wonderful. We have so much in common. Yeah, absolutely. So you do your Amaranti's gig, you're 15. You decide that this is something you want to continue doing. And then was the next step going on to college or did you, um, you know, do, do theater at GHS at Guilford High School? Yeah, that's so I started to get involved in the theater program there, which at the time was ultra competitive. We would compete around the state with the fall dramas and the region and the New England's and everything. Um, so I did that. I got into it. You know, we would win awards sometimes at these festivals and then we do the musical and then we do one acts. And I, so I started to do a lot of theater and I was so shy going into that, even when I met Stephanie, very, very shy. And then this developed helped develop my confidence um, technique on stage. And then I really wanted to do it. So, and my sister as well. So I went off to college to Vassar where I wanted to do psychology and theater, kind of a double major thing, ended up only majoring in theater and did about 30 more plays there. So my entire history uh, as, as an actor started with doing theater. And I thought I was gonna do that forever. And then that transferred to TV and film, you know, when I was 23 and got to New York. So tell us about that time. You get to New York City, coming from Vassar, and what were your, had you gone into the city often growing up, you know, not too far out? Um, I went to a couple open calls through backstage while I was at Vassar when I didn't know what I was doing. So I take the train in, stand in a line for eight hours uh, for an open call for, who knows, like an understudy on a show. Um, but when I got to New York, uh, there were a bunch of us who were theater majors who had moved there and we created our own work. We got involved in theater ourselves. And then all of us were seeking out agents to monetize that. And when at this time, this is 99, you know, TV was starting to be a bigger thing. There were law and orders and the soap operas. A lot of people went to LA. So, you know, this, I got with this TV and film agent who he, you know, he had theater as well, but you know, the money was in the TV and film. So he started sending me out for that. And I was 23 and looked 16. So I went from doing all these parts in theater twice my age, you know, experimental theater <laughs> to literally playing like the age that you look like and the type that you are. So I started getting really into the TV and film, preferred it more, started working, was asked to go to LA for a few weeks to test it out, stayed for eight years. And that's, wow. that's how everything shifted and just started um, working in that field and wow. really enjoying it. So just to sidebar, in a nutshell, yeah. and I know we could spend, you know, years talking about this, but the difference between stage acting and film acting, what, what are the biggest differences in terms of your processes and kind of the gain? Um, one of the first things I learned going from a theater degree to an on-camera audition room was uh, the art of throwing it away and making everything a lot less precious than you would if you were doing mm -hmm. Shakespeare on stage. So that, and I didn't understand it for a while because I wanted to make everything heard and important and um, making sure I hit every word the right way and articulate and enunciate. And they were like, don't do that. Just say it you know, and let the microphone capture it, let the camera come in. So one of the biggest things I ever talk about is, you know, when you, and I have so many Broadway people who are turning to TV and the film, especially now, uh, is that, you know, they're so used to reaching the last row of the theater and the last person in that row has to see every expression, um, gesture, everything. And then when you get into this on camera world, like you think of the camera coming to you, coming into your world and seeing what you're thinking. And it's uh, the muscle of like working out in this frame is a lot 
obviously different than standing on a stage and trying to reach that guy in the back row. So it's understanding the nuance and, um, you know, it should always feel like someone's walking by and thinking like they're really having a conversation, not that you're presenting something. Mm -hmm. uh, we're always working in a box, um, like this box right here. And uh, when you've been doing it, you know, for 10 months straight through this, uh, you know, people are getting really good at it because everyone's auditioning people for TV shows like this now. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they're doing it over Zoom. It's crazy. What was one of your favorite projects that um, where you felt like, oh, I'm really making a mark in my industry? Making a mark in the industry. Um, my favorite project that I ever did, I did this movie called Dahmer about Jeffrey Dahmer with Jeremy Renner, who went on to, uh, you know, he's a big time actor now. The reason I say that movie is because it felt like we were taking something that everyone knows and and the director who wrote it, David Jacobson, created a psychological thriller playing around with the idea of what we already have in mind. And I felt like this is the kind of uh, art and work that I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't always get to choose that. But I felt like, you know, they're paying us very little. There's good actors involved. There's interesting direction here. I like working on it. I like the material. You know, a lot of the time you're feeling like you're just kind of doing the job, it pays well, you know, it's a cool show to be on, but you don't get to really work the muscles. Mm -hmm. So this was the first time on camera that I had a lot to do and could work those muscles. Mm, wow, what a fascinating project. So then yeah. at what point did did you start getting phone calls for you to come in and start coaching celebrities on set? And what's that process like? Uh, so I started coaching friends of mine, you know, fast forward to me sort of saying with acting, I've done a lot. What do I really want to do with my time? I want to do this and also something else. So I started to coach friends to help them get the jobs I got. So I think I'd been on a dozen TV shows at that point. And then they would tell their friends and I was, you know, working out of my apartment in Brooklyn. And then sometimes, you know, a, a mom would reach out and say, can you coach my kid? You know, I advertised him backstage and everything. And I would start doing that and found I was really good at getting through to kids. And then this one kid uh, got a job on Blue Bloods and wanted, you know, asked that I coach him because I'd already worked with him on the side. And again, that ended up being four years of me being on the set of that show, you know, sitting next to Tom Selleck between shots. And, um, you know, I'm the onset coach for the kids and making sure they're ready and prepared when the cameras are rolling and three cameras are on them. And it's very difficult. It, it can be very stressful. So like, you know, I'm always trying to demystify and, and shatter the nerves. Wow. Well, I can tell from your aura that you are excellent at that. I mean, already, I feel like I've learned so much. <laughs> Um, so, so you are dozens of television shows. How did you book those gigs when you started to kind of get in the flow of, of getting calls? Um, right. What were you doing and what were you doing differently, you think, that, that helped get you those jobs? Um, well, you know, after I realized from when I started getting auditions from the agents that I was doing too much and I would need to throw it away, then I got into an on-camera class that like, it was like a gym where I could practice that. Mm -hmm. um, so then by the, I knew I was getting a opportunity so I wanted to maximize that so then the next time I got an opportunity I knew how to bring it way down keep everything very simple and you know the agent's only job is to like present you with opportunities for things that you're right for and hopefully you get one of those slots in the room so by the time I was lucky enough to get here I needed to make sure I was covering my side of things because I never wanted someone to say uh, you're a musical theater actor. We don't believe you in this world. So I had to take all the theater training and just condense it, not get rid of it or anything. Just make sure I wasn't doing more than was necessary for the microscope of the camera. So I, I figured that out pretty quick, I think. 
And then, you know, once you get that first job on a TV show, then people trust you more and, you know, it's on your resume and you're kind of, you know, a proven commodity, even though it feels like you're always proving yourself in this business. But um, yeah, and then that just kept happening. And, and, you know, you're piecing together those high paying TV jobs into a living mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just hoping you're always getting the opportunities. It's something, um, you know, I work with a lot of people now as a coach. I'm, a lot of them want more opportunities and uh, they're lacking. It's just supply and demand. Yeah. So there's productions are coming back more and more right now, um, which is great for them, but you know, they're at the mercy of the agent who can or can't get them in the room. Right. So right. it has to be a combination of things. You have to have technique. You have to be the right type. You have to have an agent who gets you in, mm -hmm. then you have to book it. So like the audition muscle is important. Yeah. And you were booking at a time before self-taping was a thing. Is that right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, I've never, I've never self-taped for an audition because I stopped and moved into coaching yeah. right when that started. So it used to be you would go on tape with a casting office in New York and they would mail a VHS copy of the casting tapes to LA and you would hope it didn't get lost. And then five, <laughs> day, and five days later, they'd watch your tape Wow. But by that point, sometimes it was already cast. So, you know, now you tape and it goes right right in front of the producer, wherever they are, and they're on their phone looking at it. It's amazing. Yeah. And um, our studio has been, like, like, since I started coaching, we have developed that self-taping ability, the ability to teach it, do it ourselves in the, in the most, you know, the way that you, you expect, like, Martin Scorsese to look at it. Like, you want it to be so high-end because mm. it matters. Mm. Fabulous. So you've got a, a short list of the type of lights that you want to have and the, the, oh, the sure. yeah, yeah. Fabulous. It's, it's become even the, the camera on the computer has become more important because people are doing auditions like this and computers aren't built for, for like the high quality. So like mm -hmm. this webcam's upgraded and I have another one that's even more and <laughs> you know, it's all about looking like you would on set. Absolutely. Yeah. And you look great. <laughs> so, so does the theatricality and that training come back for things like voiceovers and commercials more so or no? I would, yeah, those trends are always changing. So right now voiceovers are huge because everyone's home and they can record it from home. So what people, you know, when I trained in voiceovers, like I would go to this class, you know, you're in the booth and all they're getting is the sound of your voice, obviously. So if you're, you know, um, if you're in the scene in a voiceover and you're really acting up behind the microphone, they always say do too much because if you gesture big and smile big, it comes through in your voice. Mm -hmm. And you would never do that if the camera were rolling on you. But with voiceovers, you know, it's all about um, dead air, right? So if you're listening to the radio in the car, you, it needs a kind of energy in the voiceovers when you're listening to those little spots to keep the the viewer like uh the, sorry the listener from turning the channel so you you learn this technique of like overdoing it and overselling so you can pull them in um you know it's a whole other world it's not a thing we teach at the studio or commercials because that's you know it's sometimes about demographics and not so much about the acting all the time but again all those trends just keep changing which is why like you know i you know, wrote a book about it so that people could understand like the way things were 10 years ago, five years ago is not the same as it is today. It's constantly, constantly changing, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So when did filmmaking come into the picture for you? 
Um, I think, you know, five years after I started coaching, I was always telling frustrated actors who weren't getting enough auditions to make opportunities for themselves. I said, you have the, you know, the nicest camera around in your hand. The iPhone cameras are incredible in 4K. You could go off and make a film, a scene, something that you, you're proud of instead of waiting around. And I said that so much and did so many workshops on it that I said, you know, I have to do this myself to show them. So I documented this process of my first short film where I wrote it, crowdfunded it, directed it, hired a crew, um, put it up on backstage, got 4,000 submissions, you know, what people need to do when they submit. It became this huge lesson. Whoa. And I didn't care what happened to it. It happened to go off on a, a lot of festivals. And that was part of the process of teaching too, saying, look, you know, you get to see it on a big screen in New York City and, you know, and win awards and stuff like that. And you, just to see how far you can take it. It's not That's necessarily- cool. That's incredible. That yeah. yeah, I just wrote a blog about it on, on the studio website and said, <laughs> just so you know, a lot of actors still use black and white headshots. And I, I, it was just a lesson. It, wow. It was like, here's what to do, what not to do in casting and being on set. And so it was great. I love that angle because, you know, for a million reasons, but one reason, because no matter what happens, if you, if you consider something, you know, success or a fail in some areas, it's always a teaching point, you know, that's excellent. I love it. Well, it's nice to, it's also nice to do art where you're not concerned with how it's received. So that was my whole thing. I'm not trying to be a director. I just, I'm doing this because I want to. And if only that was a thing we all artists could feel all the time and didn't need anything from it, then confidence is better Then they probably would work more. I mean, the second you know, you're going to pay your rent with this job, you sort of put this weight of anxiety on you when you walk into a room. So my whole thing is like, there's a, there's a world around this where we're still having fun but competitive and, and professional about it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Love it. Yeah, that's great. So are you going to continue filmmaking? Is this a, a new love or? Um, well, I've done four films now. Um, and, and uh, I think two were dramas, one was a horror, one was a comedy. So I'm playing with genres, but you know, right now, uh, it's all about the two studios and the zoom and like, you know, leveling up and the, and sort of following the change in trends now. So I haven't had time to even think about that, like writing and directing something. Um, it's something I'm uh, approached about and asked about, but you know, those projects take years from start to finish. Like you follow the festival circuit and everything and it, it's a long time. So I also have two kids under five. Um, so two studios, two kids, I'm good right now (laughs) busy guy so then when did the the authorship writing books when did that begin i did one a couple years after i started coaching and felt like i had a lot to say about the business of acting and getting an agent and all that because i've been through it and and that you know that was entirely my world and then when i a year ago i wanted to write another one and i did i wrote one called the no bs guide to the acting biz and i got a friend of mine michael yuri to write the foreword who's an amazing actor and i had a a a section on covid and what it's like on set now and everything you know and the stuff i've learned over 20 something years of being in this business constantly shifts and there wasn't something that was written right now besides you know posts or blog posts here and there that was about it that you could hold in your hand and read as sort of a 
a manifesto of like, you know, here's what to think about with Zoom auditions. Here's what to think about with your self tapes. Here's why you should create your own work and how, and you know, this is what you need going forward. It's the idea is it's for any kind of graduate of a school who's like trying to get into TV and film. Like, what would you read? It would be like, my idea was it would be this. Wow, that's excellent. Yeah. I teach on yeah. the college level and I'll be sure to, to read oh, it and reference it. That's great. Oh, that's great. Thank you. And, and to that end, if our listeners are interested in how to get a hold of these books or your acting studio, what's the best website um, to kind of find out all things you? Um, my studio website is mnactingstudio.com, like Matt Newton Acting Studio. And on that site, you know, there's links to the books, classes, everything, coaching, everything. Wow. And are you going to return to singing? You've got this amazing instrument. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, that's another world that like you, you, I always think you've got to be taking lessons so consistently. And, uh, you know, Stephanie and I both know the same voice teacher, Paul Elkin in Norwalk over here, who's incredible, but uh, it's something I just haven't devoted time to since college. So I feel out of my element, <laughs> at least now. Oh, well, so good to chat with you, Matt. Thank you for joining you us. You too, Keely. Thank you for listening to On Air with Legacy Theatre. And thank you to Brad Ross for the theme music. You can follow us at LegacyTheatreCT.org.